Welcome back. Here we are. Welcome to These Are Bad Movies. We're so excited this week. Yes. And you can call me Amanda. And I'm Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amanda. (laughs) What movie are we watching? We are watching Freedom Riders. And yes, this is another installment in our White Savior films in honor of Black History Month, which is all about why listening to white people's stories about black people's stories is a bad way (laughs) of getting black people's stories and why you should study black history from a black perspective and don't watch these movies these movies are ridiculous yeah if you're gonna watch a movie about black people watch one where it's about the black people and made by black people and actually from a perspective that speaks to well if you're white not you sorry i mean like yeah we're talking about these movies from a white perspective because these w- movies were written from a white perspective. For a white audience. For a white audience. And they're bad. And they're very bad. Which is why they're on our podcast. Exactly. Um, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> okay, here's the thing. When I saw the movie Freedom Riders, I thought this was a movie that I remembered seeing in high school where, like, the teachers wanted us to appreciate our education better and, like, the importance of, like, language I'm assuming the appreciate your education more is because you could be poor. Yeah. Um, but this movie came out five years after I graduated high school. So clearly I didn't see this movie. But I must have seen some other stupid movie about a teacher that saves the inner city classroom. Well, that's a lot of movies. I know. So My I th- actually thought I'd seen this movie, and I now I really think I haven't. If we're going to talk about <laughs> teacher saves an inner city classroom, uh, we need to talk, talk about Take the Lead. Have you seen Take the Lead? Maybe. I mean, maybe that's the movie I'm thinking of. I don't know. In in that one, the teacher is played by Antonio Banderas, and he's a classic ballroom dance instructor. So he teaches all the hip hop kids how to ballroom dance. You know what? I love ballroom dancing and Antonio Banderas. So let's put that one on the list sometime. I don't even know if it's... Well, it's probably bad. It's probably bad, but I enjoy it very much. Okay. Okay. I I just can't tell you right now why it would be bad. Well, it sounds like it's it is kind of like this. Yeah, uh, but he's not white. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Interesting perspective change maybe there that we are not going to get to delve into really because we are watching the movie Freedom Riders, which is a lot more clearly a bad movie. Well, like, the, the two main faces on the cover are white people, which is really all I know about it because I haven't seen the movie before and I haven't really heard about it at all. So it's, starling, it's starring Hilary Swank. 
that is a name I've heard. I know. Same. I, I feel like I've seen these people before. I feel like I've seen these movies before, but I actually think I haven't, which is a glorious that's way. How you, that's how you t- talk about every movie. Every time we bring up, when I say we, I mean me and Lucas, bring up a movie, you're just like, I might have seen that. <laughs> Great. That oh, helps. No, no. You might have seen every movie, Amy. That's a long list. Okay, well, when I was a kid, like, the movies was the only entertainment that we regularly went to. Well, the movies and uh, Major League Indoor Soccer. So, if there wasn't Major League Indoor Soccer to go attend, we would go to the movies. Mm -hmm. And you had to look at the newspaper, because I'm old. Did you, did you dial up the movie phone guy? We did call movie phone. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And I would take my quarters with me when I went with my friends so that I could use the pay phone to call my parents to come get me. Whoa. Yes. Old people stuff. Radical. Rad dude. So. Cowabunga. <laughs> other words that might be from the 90s. Gnarly, dude. We would go through um, the newspapers and there would be times where. We couldn't go see a movie because we'd seen them all. So I've seen a lot of movies. From back then. From back then. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, okay. That's fine. (laughs) But we're going to watch this one. I am really quite certain I've not seen this after I found out when it came out. So. Well, I know I haven't seen it, and I don't think it's, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a new and exciting experience of an old played-out story, is my <sighs> prediction. I'm looking at the, the time marker, because we've got it pulled up. Two hours, two minutes, and 55 seconds. We keep doing that to ourselves, yeah. but it's okay. We're consistent. Consistency is important. Well, then let's do it. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor FM. It's what we're using to record this podcast today. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Basically, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, listeners. Thanks for all your support. If you'd like to be more engaged in the These Are Bad Movies conversation, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at These Are Bad Movies and Twitter at These underscore bad. Your engagement really helps us grow as a podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're back. Did you enjoy the movie, Amanda? I did. You did? I did. I cried several times. Are you serious? Yes. You like this movie? I don't know that I should, but I did. Oh, I was so angry through this whole movie. I'm weak. Ugh. All right. It's better than The Blind Side. Okay, it's better than The Blind Side, but that doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. All right, do you want to give us the plot summary? I'm going to call you 
the lord of the plot. Yikes. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure. So, I was going to read the synopsis for a second, see if you noticed, but I'm not going to do that. Um, Hillary Swank, she's a school teacher. She starts teaching at this high school at the freshman and sophomore level. She's constantly running into red tape and resistance from other faculty and school leadership. And she um, is teaching this class of kids who are deemed not very intelligent or worth spending resources on because they're all in gangs and such. Um, And she does class exercises to make them understand that they have things in common and that their lives can be better and gets divorced in the process because her husband stinks and then they write a book i've got tired of talking about the plot because i feel judged okay my (laughs) (laughs) the kids start journaling about their experiences and so she gets to know more about what their lives are like and then they end up meeting the woman who housed Anne Frank in her attic, and it's very inspiring for everybody, and they start turning their lives around, and they compile their diary entries into a book, and then at the end of the movie, it tells you that they start a foundation to try to do the same thing in other classrooms. Okay. So, my plot synopsis of this movie is they made a two-hour-long version of the joke that happens in sitcoms where the teacher character sits down in front of the room full of kids and are like let me rap with ya and then starts to say stupid stuff (laughs) like yes and not to get too specific but I know someone who teaches who may fall into that same the let me rap with ya but she cares so so like i see this and i go that's probably how it was and it was that cringy but apparently it did something for the for the students so okay well i was kind of compiling a list of all the things that were bothering me about this movie so i'm gonna start off with this is a white saver movie no yes okay it's clearly a white savior movie it is depicting a bunch of lost children uh high school students almost adults who are majority people of color uh various races and ethnicities they're 14 and 15 in this movie but they're played by older actors i think yeah which that in itself is a problem because the whole issue of making non-white youth out to be grown adults makes society judge them harsher. Yes. However, you got to see a lot of non-white faces in this movie. You did. Which was good. So, but it still comes down to they had to be saved by a white person. And that's the story they're telling. Yes. 
did you do research into the actual events and such? I did. Okay. Well, then I need to hear it because otherwise I'm going to probably wrongly assume that this is a more accurate retelling than it is. I think it's... I found nothing that says it's an inaccurate retelling. Um, But I was also unable to find actual feedback from the students about this movie. So maybe it's out there, but it wasn't easily accessible. There was a lot of discussion about the teacher um, and the foundation that came afterwards, but there was not... um, readily available information on the perspectives of the grown adults now who were in this class. Okay. So I don't like that I wasn't able to see their perspective on this movie, first of all. That bothers me. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. I don't know because I wasn't able to hear their voice really. Mm-hmm. What I have heard, in what heard I read, was that some of the stories depicted in the movie were kind of sensationalized from the book. Now, I haven't read the book, but that's just what I read. I would believe that and follow up by saying watching the movie made me want to read the book. It was kind of tragedy porn, though. Yes, but I don't doubt that some people's lives are like that. Yes. And here's the thing with with these movies. Now, (laughs) there's this isn't like a unique story, though, either because there was a movie that I saw in high school. I found it. It was called Dangerous Minds. Same plot synopsis. If you look it up online. No, this is a story that's told a lot. It is. So I started getting agitated about why this why we need to talk about this as a white savior movie and why it's a problem because you do want to celebrate the success of these kids mm-hmm. you do want to celebrate teachers who are involved mm-hmm. but these stories gloss over a lot of the things that maybe could bring a better light to issues in education in particular in educating non-white students sure i mean the the characters of the other teachers in here were like they're implicit biases were clearly on display throughout the course of the movie and that shouldn't be the case in real schools and also funding for schools is an issue and basically our country and capitalism and you know the whole spiel yes yes so first of all when we celebrate the stories of white teachers who are portrayed and this woman in this movie was portrayed as making great sacrifice she made she wound up getting divorced because she was spending so much time with these kids and got two jobs on top of her right teaching job to pay for books for her kids right 
and she comes in there and you know rescues the kids right (laughs) it's so hard to get to why this kind of white saviorism is difficult which again is what makes me shudder at it right so the blind side was really obvious and this is a pretty racist take they did the main character dirty Mm -hmm. but Then you had Driving Miss Daisy, which was obviously not a great movie, except unless you were in the Academy in 1990, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it was a little bit more difficult to identify where the whiteness came in as being a problem. This one is even more difficult. (laughs) Because it does highlight these white teachers which it's good that they do that I've known white people who worked in underfunded schools in majority non-white neighborhoods they are wonderful people it's great but you ever stop and think why aren't you seeing black teachers do this that was the other thing is like there were a couple of background teachers who were people of color and, like, they were in the background. At one point, there's a shot where one of them looks up upon hearing, like, the honors teacher say something incredibly bigoted. And that's the most you hear slash see of them in this movie. Yeah. So, one of the reasons we have such a low supply of stories about black and non-white teachers making big classroom moments and stuff like that is because when we integrated the school system, we just integrated the kids. And the (laughs) teaching jobs for people of color disappeared. They didn't vanish entirely, but they suppressed Mm -hmm. black teaching opportunities. Well, that's a related thought, somewhat unrelated. One of the things that's interesting watching these movies is it really brings to the forefront for me this... It's easy to think that this stuff happened a really long time ago. The civil rights movement, desegregation, all that. It really didn't because this movie takes place... When I was in school. Yeah. I wasn't in high school, but I was in elementary school, maybe maybe middle school. I'm not sure what exactly you know, year this. N- not that many years before I was born and this is in... Hush. <laughs> um this takes place in Southern California and they're talking about how they just started desegregating their high school. Yikes. Yeah. Um, Yikes. And, and and that's one of the things that they did. They did. They did it again. They desegregated the students and didn't pay as much attention to the teachers. And it's what <laughs> again the thing that gets me riled up is mistreatment of children. And you see these iconic images of Ruby Bridges walking into school, and she's this 
precious little girl. Mm-hmm. And they send this precious little girl through the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And she is young. She's not even a high schooler. She's an elementary school kid. Mm-hmm. She is just this tiny, precious thing that they send into the firing squad and they use children as the forefront of our racial i don't melee i i don't know what to say about that but they used children to go in there and desegregate and they acted like oh we desegregated well no you didn't you sent children to do it and you didn't even make sure that they had teachers that looked like them when they got there they didn't have anybody who understood them and you, you, when you see all the teachers in this movie who are like well they're not worth saving it's because they're looking at them and they're being racist and yes they're you know we recognize in this movie that the racism of the other teachers is wrong but sending these kids to schools that are filled with people who, because they don't come from where they come from, because they don't look like them, because they just aren't, I, I don't know, they, they have the white privilege, they haven't maybe recognized it yet, that we're putting them at risk, at a higher risk of having the people who are supposed to have their best interests at heart, their educators look at them and think that they aren't worth teaching Mm -hmm. and having one nice teacher isn't going to save that no not to mention this movie depicts now i don't know how the thing went after the movie ends or whatnot but it depicts her well no in the afterward it says that she followed those kids to college and Mm -hmm. started teaching college it's like great you got a pack of kids that you cared for and basically adopted and and have this foundation to make it repeatable. Well, that's not repeatable. You can't take a teacher walking into a freshman class and teach that freshman class into sophomore year and junior year and senior year and then go off to college with them. That's not how education works. And she's sitting there doing that. All the tenured teachers are sitting there telling her that she can't do these things that she's doing. And they kind of do this whole seen there where they vilify the structure of teaching which again i just went through some things about there's some things wrong with the education system Mm -hmm. but they went and vilified the teachers union which is exactly the kind of mentality that leads to budget cuts in schools and like i didn't catch the teachers union involvement but what stood out to me in that scene was when umbridge I don't know the character's name. In the, the the lady who played Umbridge in Harry Potter is in this and plays a mean teacher. <laughs> yeah, very typecast. Yes. Um, she is pointing out, or trying to point out, that with the main character teacher not being able to follow this class into junior and senior year, if they do poorly in other teachers' classes, it isn't their fault, it is their teacher's fault for not preparing them. And then she rushes out in a upset. And the reason that stood out to me is her dialogue and all the scenes she'd been in up until that point is just, these students aren't capable and then as soon as 
it looks like they're succeeding. Well, if they don't succeed under your tutelage, it's your fault, which was a very interesting switch. Yeah, but it was framed under this whole lens of the teachers were using the teachers union and their tenure to be territorial to the classes they got to teach and it made it look like the reason that the best thing for kids isn't happening is because the teachers union stops real progress from being made with children and that's a real argument that people make against the education system Hmm. and it is really not helpful to attack teachers there are a lot of problems with the education system but the argument that the teachers union is somehow ruining edu- I, it, it 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 ain't where it's at is what i'm saying that that just of all the things to critique about the education system they landed on a dramatic thing about how oh tenure is making it hard for these kids to have what's best for them I agree with you that unions are good, but also I don't know that that's not what happened in this instance. I just don't know. I don't have that information. And if this is trying to tell a story, how much give are they going to... Well, they did choose to highlight a section about tenure like that was the climax of this film was whether or not teacher tenure and union rules were going to prevent these kids from getting the same teacher for a third year in a row not having the experience with the education system that you've had i was homeschooled woot um i saw it more as between the individuals than the organizations between nasty man, white guy, English teacher, and Umbridge, than yeah. the union. But it's a trope. It's a trope that's used to defund schools. Is the the teacher tenure and and stuff like that. So it, it just didn't... I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, it I is. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of the arguments for vouchers in schools and having private schools it's just the politics of the education system are bonkers (laughs) and it just seems to always hurt the kids now i am glad that these kids had a teacher that connected with them that's wonderful uh, but again, it didn't really tell the kids' story. It it, it kind of looked like it was telling the kids' story, but it really wasn't centered on them. I mean, we were supposed to be upset, I guess, about the teacher uh, when she comes home and her husband has got his bag packed, bags packed and is going to leave her. Like, she's getting a divorce. And we're supposed to be sympathetic to that, I guess, But it just didn't hit with much impact when we had just seen a young woman Mm -hmm. testify against her 
family members, maybe a gang member, and get threatened. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just, in the backdrop of the actual tragedy and dramas that were happening to, again, who could have been the main star of this show, we have this dramatic scene of her getting a divorce and her husband was never a sympathetic character. No. He was never anybody that you cared about. No. She's clearly better off that he is gone. Yes. She should have left him. Yes. I don't have any, like, that was not a scene that I cared about. Nor did it, I, I don't know. So I think the reason the movie would be made about the teacher is because that's who the audience is going to go into it for. Like, those are the biggest faces on the poster, is these two white faces with some little kids at the bottom. And then you get more kids than you bargained for based on that poster. So I think it may have been strategy. I don't know. I want to give it the benefit of the doubt, though, because I, it got me. I cried. And, like, I... So, if you roast me after I'm done being vulnerable, I will be sad. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that just opened a whole can of worms for you, but go ahead. Let me be vulnerable. This is is a a safe space. It is never a safe space. She lies. Um, Like I said, I can't attest to the accurateness of this, and I agree that. It would have been great to learn more about any one of those kids. That would have been a lot more movies that would have been ultimately a lot more interesting. But as someone who went into public defense and worked with poor people and had people react to that career choice, I have a lot of sympathy for the character portrayed in this movie whose husband is a complete (laughs) ding-dong. Well, (laughs) anyway. um, And whose family doesn't understand why she would care to help people in that situation that's different than hers. Right, but there's where it is again. It resonated with you. Because of my personal experience. As a white person. It's a white story. It's another story that's put out there. Well, I mean, I worked for white people, too. It's also a money difference and an education difference. There is. It's not just race. And you worked in rural Kansas, which is just going to be a lot more white anyway. Yes. Poverty in the rural areas is different from poverty in the cities. Yes. But it resonates with you because it is a white story. And we do want... We we want to help. Yeah. Right? Like, we want to be the good well, person. Well, and I think that that's the reason I got what I did out of it was because I'm like, yeah, all these other people are wrong. Why wouldn't you want to help people, you monster? Yeah. Help exactly. people. Duh. That shouldn't be a hard choice. Exactly. But it's still... <sighs> It's... Now, granted, I did quit that job for more money, so take it <laughs> with a grain of salt. I, I put my time in. I well, she good... went on to teach college. That's so, true. Like... This is my... No, I'm joking. It's not my story. But, you know, I'm I'm giving it maybe more 
rope to hang itself with than I should. <laughs> so I'll no, defer to Amy. We should celebrate people who do good things and who care. Um, but in the backdrop of all the problems that we've had in education that include a lack of diversity in education staff, a lack of resources to the kids themselves, and an all-out assault on the mechanisms of the public school system, and the fact that they've made this movie under different titles and with different teachers multiple times. I still stand by the Antonio Banderas one. It's very fun. Well, I kind of want to watch that now. We should. Okay. Maybe not for this podcast. Maybe not for this podcast. I kind of don't want to go through all of that <laughs> again. Well, I mean, we could watch it and in hindsight realize, oh, wait, that was really bad. We could. Yeah. We'll just let it ride. We'll, we'll see. We'll, find we'll see. Out. Yeah. But I, I just don't. Um, I, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted to like it at times as well, Amanda. Because I do like realism depicted. Um, I also, this is an odd one, I am really very choked up about Holocaust stories. Yes, I thought it was so wonderful. And I've read Meep Gies's biography. Yeah. Like, Meep Gies is is a hero she should be a hero. They talked about her being a hero in there. I loved that because especially for people who want to be good allies to oppressed and marginalized people, uh, Meep Gies is someone who put her own life on the line to help some to help someone. She was the one who helped Anne Frank stay in hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and she failed, but she put her life on the line to do it. She tried. And... That's someone as a privileged person. That is an action that I look up to. Mm-hmm. But like, that still makes it sound like a white story to me. Might I perhaps say it's a good white story, but not a good story for people of color? Like maybe it's aspirational for white people, but fails on other levels. But it's only aspirational in that sense that it tells white people that they need to save others. That's what white saviorism is. Yeah. That they need saved and white people need to do it. It is. It's it's harder. It is. Amanda, it is harder to get to what makes this movie a problem. 100%. Yes. It is harder. Yes. It was paced better. I didn't get 100% bored until the, the about music, the last 10 minutes. The music was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it is harder because it does celebrate white saviorism. Maybe that's the simplest way to put it is that this is a celebration of how white people can fix the problems of non-white people and that they're needed which is what white saviorism is it's the same thing that makes people take mission trips to africa and save people for three weeks and then go home 
I don't know how to respond to that. Because, <laughs> like... Amanda looks like she's in absolute shock. No, like, I don't want to be wrong, but I'm going to put my ignorance on display. Um, I I think poverty tourism is bad. But also, it's good to help people. It is good to help people. And, all right. Like, uh, as for example, I know someone who, you know, went and, like, administered vaccines in a place where they just normally don't have access to doctors. Okay, so there are different, there's different levels. Yeah. Right? Is Is the best way that I can put it. When someone is asked to come and perform a specific task, like giving vaccines, sure. Right. Okay. But when there is this celebration, and and that's the best way to put it, is that that we look at all good deeds as good, when not all good deeds are good, even if they meant well. They can be self-serving or they can, in a roundabout way, contribute to harm. Exactly. They can be self-serving and in a roundabout way contribute to harm. Yes. And for the reasons I talked about with the problems in the education system, specifically calling out this story, it's it, it, maybe not wrong that it happened. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not wrong that it happened. Yeah. I believe that she connected with these kids. Yeah. But the fact that it's singled out as a story to celebrate over other stories. It should be really sad. It's really sad that... This is a highlight. Yes. And when you give the impression that white people can save and fix the problems, that that's not necessarily it. There's lots of research that shows that the best way to reach kids is to give them more access to role models who look like them so that they can see themselves in those roles. I would agree with that. Like, there's plenty of evidence that the best thing for kids is not a plucky young white lady to give them a journal. I agree with that. Even though it may have worked for these kids. Well, I suspect in this instance it was the best they were going to get. Yes, but they made a movie about it. Yeah, well, you know, the it's... I'm going to rain on your parade and you can't stop me. No, you're raining. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. But you don't want to. I'm just going easy on it because, like, it, the, the, the state, like, the bar is so low. The bar is so low. Yeah. And you definitely have to dive into more of our deep-seated societal issues. Yeah, like to get to this movie. Yeah, I mean, you want to you want to fix the education system, you have to fix the roots of the United States of America which was founded in racism. 
Uh-huh. You got to tear the whole thing out. And so short of that, I think it's a good movie. Well, decolonialize is what they decolonize, colonialize. I don't know how to pronounce that word because I've only read it. Decolonize. Decolonize. That's the word. The one thing I bring <laughs> to this episode. I've been just throwing extra letters in it when I read it, I guess. Decolonize. I know decolonize. That one. You know, the whole pu- push is to decolonize, and without doing that, we can't actually live up to our ideals of equality. That's yeah. where it comes down to. Yeah. Also, the other issue in American society, white American society in particular, is that we really love to have these heroes. We love to have heroes, and we love to have heroes that we can we see ourselves as. We don't want to feel bad about... And we don't want to feel bad. Our, ...our role, whatever it may be, in perpetuating injustice. And if they'd have told just the stories of one of these kids, we would have spent the whole movie actually feeling bad. She gave us a distance... From the stories that actually made you feel bad in this movie. Because the worst thing that happened to her was her idiot husband left her. That's not the part I cried at, Amy. Nobody would. Yeah. Um, no, I think you could have made a ton of movies based on all the kids' stories. But also, obviously they didn't get made because of the, the ground that the movie came from. Right. It wasn't ever going to be fertile for those stories. Right. It it just comes back to the idea that if if you're wanting to connect more to see real stories of people who grew up in rough neighborhoods or gangs or uh, who have these lived experiences with racism, don't watch white stories. Watch the stories of the people who exactly live it. exactly i agree with that and it's just the more the white story looks like it's not a white story the more uh oh it gets if that makes sense yes you're also better at seeing this stuff than i am because you're um getting along in years <laughs> And you have more life experience. <laughs> and also, probably a more diverse social circle than I do. Well, okay. Not even probably. You do have a more diverse social circle than I do. Yeah, and, and that's the problem is that do you have to have a diverse social circle to view these things with the correct no, lens? But to it, take the filter off. No. But you have to know the filters there, and then you have. Well, no, it's not a per- It's not a condemnation of you. I'm not feeling condemned. Right, right. Like I'm going to be explaining the take side of this because that's the one I have this episode. That's fine. Yeah. No, like I know you're supposed to hear, listen to the voices of whatever group is at issue. I should read more from those voices i should watch more from those voices it hasn't been something i've been exposed to in my upbringing because i've been exposed to white voices right yeah and so you know you only get as much as you dig into it yes there's further i could dig yes 
Yes. It's the difference between not being racist that people like to say and being an and ally. being actively anti racist. Yeah. Uh this is not it's not it's not there. No. It's not there. I still liked it. Okay. I'm not gonna rewatch it. I didn't like it that much. Okay. But well, it got it got tears out of me. Then what's your Ubrick rating on this one? Nah. Uh, uh, question mark. <laughs> That's the sound of Amanda having a good time. No, I'm I'm just so conflicted because <laughs> like I want to have the right take. I want to think about things the correct way, and I'm not quite there yet. That's fine. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing White Savior Month. It's because it's not just you. I know it's not just me. No, it's not just you. It's like this is this is a white thing that we think we've engaged with race when we haven't. Like that's what we do. Yes. We're we're not we're not there yet. Amy, it's fine. Amy, Again, Amy, why we Amy, need Black History Month. Amy, I need you to tell me I've done a really good job and that I'm a good person. I need you to absolve me. Oh my. Oh my. Forgive me, Amy, for I have been white, which is a sin. Oh no. <laughs> she is joking. Like, let's not get. She is joking. I am joking. Okay. Amy's Catholic. It's funny. I don't do confession. Oh yeah. Hey, Amy. She always forgets. <laughs> what did you think of the movie? <laughs> what did I think of the movie? What's your Ubrick rating? Uh, I think that's the first growl. I gotten. growled. That's the first one. Kids. I'm telling you. The whole thing with kids. It gets to me. See, my, my perspective on children is if I suffered, they should have to suffer worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I've heard that from people before. Oh, not in so many words, but like the the concept, it's whack. Oh my word! What? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was also joking about that. I think I'm gonna take you to the Brown versus Board of Education National Historical Site. I would love to. When the COVID's in, I would love to because it's in Topeka. Yes, and I've been, and it's very heartbreaking. It would be heartbreaking. It is. I would love to go. Okay, we'll do that. But remember, we're professionals. Don't watch these at home. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? 
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitzel. 